The definition of imbalance is lack of balance, the state of being out of equilibrium or out of proportion, according to Webster. The conversation about the amount of overly masculine females has had an impact on our community. The focus centers around females exhibiting behaviors that have in the past been identified as masculine, such as strength, independence, leadership, assertiveness, and having a doer's mindset. While in return, the increasing amount of feminine men has also played a role in this conversation. Men who have qualities such as passivity, subordination, and a receiving mindset all lead to this discussion of the imbalance that we're seeing. This conversation has nothing to do with sexual preference, but everything to do with the imbalance of masculinity and feminine energies that are playing out in our culture. We welcome back Daryl from All Things Black Podcast, who has been a regular in the series of Our House is on Fire. We also welcome back Davian, who was the co-host in the Matching Mindsets episode in season one, episode six, to do a follow-up on some of the topics we discussed then. It is our hope that we start a dialogue today that increases the awareness and leads to solution-based opportunities as we work to unify our community. Hey everybody, welcome to our final season of our Houses on Fire series. And today, I think it's going to be just as exhilarating as all the others. But if you heard our last episode, there were tons of trigger moments. Oh, my gosh. Like, right, Keisha? Like, there was about 267. I lost count. I don't know. I don't suspect this would be a very heavy trigger moment. This is more about educating the masses, right? So let me go around the room, introduce you all to who's here. With us, we have Daryl from All Things Black Podcast. Why don't you say hi to the people, Daryl? Hey, hey, and thank you again for inviting me to this platform. I'm waiting for this lively discussion to see what... Yeah, I think we're all going to learn something tonight. Our next co-host is Davian. He was our host on our in our first season one, episode six, Matching Mindsets. And that has to be one of the... For that season the one that we got requested for him to come back because people had questions and it took two seasons since, but I got him back finally. So why don't you say hi to the people, Davian? Hey, I'm happy to be here. Uh, Thanks for inviting me back. And hopefully some of those questions get answered one day. Yeah, I think they will. And who co-piloting this plane with me today is Keisha. She's going to be, she's going to help balance this out. Um, not saying that it's a gender complicated episode, but some of these questions might get a little bit, um, I don't know. We'll see. So Keisha, how you been? Well, I am recovering. I had surgery last Wednesday on my shoulder as a result of a car accident. Today has been better than the last week or so. So I am, I would say I'm doing pretty good right now. All right. All right. Well, um, Glad you're having a speedy recovery. You probably got really good friends bringing you like care packages and making sure you have popcorn and checking on you 20 times a day. I got the best friend. I'll share her with you too. Okay. I think I have to deal with her every freaking day. Every day I wake up. All right. So we're going to jump right into this. Um, I'm going to start with the gentleman first. So when you hear about 
an imbalance in the black community when we're talking about relationships. That meaning masculine women, and we're starting to see a surge of feminine men. So when you hear that, what does that look like to you? Or what are your thoughts on that? And now I'll, I'm going to throw the mic to Daryl first. And David, if you could follow up, like, what are your thoughts when you hear that? And why do you think that's going on? Well, now I was, I was hoping I didn't get the, 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 the first punch, but anyway, I'll try to deal with it as best I can. So you said, what does that look like? And what was the other part of the question? What do you feel or how is that impacting our community? It's impacted it heavily when you have that imbalance and you're just talking about masculine, female, those two different um, energies that are now seeming to be in a lot of areas in now coming over to the feminine side. The reason I see it as somewhat of an issue or an issue is because we are made to be different in that aspect, right? Men are designed to carry a certain load and women are designed to carry a very specific and certain load. And when you have an imbalance where men are now relinquishing that role to carry the somehow the feminine role or the feminine side of it, it doesn't imbalance to the degree where the children begin to spy that and they have they don't have a clear cut direction. Everything to me is really clear. There there is no spectrum in in a lot of areas. But for some reason this society and these general this different generations, they like to swing spectrums on different things, right? Which are gray areas. But when you look at our anatomy, our physi physiology and how we're supposed to think, it's it, to me, it's very black and white, right? There's roles that we're supposed to perform and we perform outside of those roles. That causes somewhat of an imbalance, not just in society, in, in society itself, but the first, first and foremost, it has to play out in the mind. And once it plays out in the mind, then the actions follow suit. And once that happens, then begin to in, incline towards a direction that you may not have been designed to incline towards. So it's, it's, it's very, it's an issue. And to me, it's very much intentional. It's very much by design. That's something that we can sit back and really talk about and dive off into if the episode allows it. But it's very much intentional. It's very much by design. And that's something that, like I said, we can really get off into. But I'll end there. Okay. And I think I know what you're talking about when you're saying intentional, just how the media represents Black men, what roles they play when you're looking at certain commercials, who's playing these type of roles. Are you talk talking about that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, you, you're talking about media, print media, visual media, any form of media whatsoever that is intentionally putting these different images out there to skew the the ideology, the mindset, the roles that we are supposed to be playing, right? So if anybody's ever played sports, there's very specific positions that you have to play, right? And then also with that, there are talents that each one has or possesses in those different areas, right? So, but if you have somebody that is a forward that tries to play a point guard that doesn't have natural talent to do that or doesn't have, it has not been cultivated in that particular position, it's, it's out of whack. It's out of balance, right? It's not going to look right. You're not going to win as many games as you possibly could win if because they're out of, they're playing out of their territory. Right. They're playing out of their position. So I think of it in that regard. 
And when we continuously sit back and think that we can play all of these positions, right, when we're not designed to play those positions, it will cause an imbalance, right? It will definitely cause that cause that imbalance. And I just think that for the most part, a lot of us are not very, let me find the word. Well, a lot of us are very ignorant to the agenda items that has been laid before us, right? On this very thing, gender roles are made to be skewed nowadays, right? And it doesn't say that, it doesn't say that this particular work person can't pick up and do a certain, perform a certain hobby or task or whatever the case may be. That's not what we're talking. It's literally a design. For instance, if a man is supposed to pr- protect and provide, that is in the physiology, that is in the design of the man. We are, we think security by nature. We think protection by nature. It is innate in us, right? So that's our position. That's our role. And when that begins to be taken away, right, again, by design, by, by very much intention, and then you begin to see the imbalance. It's so much deeper than what I'm talking about, but you feel the imbalance and then you begin to see the imbalance, right, in the community. And that's a very, that's a very huge and unfortunate thing that's occurring in our community and in our, and in our relationships, but I'll land there. Okay. Okay. All, all good points. And I'm pretty sure we'll be able to expound on them as we move forward. And Dave, what is your viewpoint on the thoughts of why we're seeing the surge of masculine women and feminine men? And what do you feel that impact is in the community? Hard to follow up. Daryl, he made a lot of great points. That analogy, as far as basketball is a very great point as well on so many levels. But to answer the question, I, I, Agree with Daryl, and and when he said by design, I thought he meant that our community was in this situation by design of the power structure that that brought us here. Oh, that's that's exactly what I meant. That that was my interpretation of you saying that, and (laughs) that's what I was going to say. To quote Black as fuck, uh, excuse me, Black AF, the show because slavery. Um, that's the answer to everything. And that, I, I don't mean that in a condescending or, or in a funny way, but like Daryl said, it, it's by design. When our people were, according to history, brought here, one of the first things they did was strip the masculinity of the strongest men. And they did that in horrific ways that are not talked about in history books. And that had a long lasting psychological effect. Fast forward to when we were quote unquote, freed. We weren't allowed to provide in ways that, as Daryl pointed out, a man innately wants to. And that that brings shame to a man. You can't look your woman in the eye. Your woman doesn't respect you. And that's still to this day. And then I try not to be long winded, but you fast forward to the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, which a lot of us were probably either born or young or about to be born then. Uh, A lot of families didn't have fathers, especially black families, didn't have fathers in the house for multiple reasons. And a lot of women grew up watching their mothers run a household, be a husband and a wife, or be a father and a mother. Not literally, but figuratively, yes. And a lot of men, boys were raised by women. I mean, you they were raised by mothers, aunts, grandmothers, The fathers were either dead and gone, left the house, in prison, out trying to find their way and make their way in the world. And when you're raised by women without the guidance 
of a father, you pick up those tendencies. And as Daryl pointed out, men and women are different <laughs> as much. Not One is not better than the other. Like it's, and I think I said that on the previous episode I was on, one's not better than the other, but we are different. We're different physically, mentally, emotionally. We're, we're just different. So you pick up those tendencies that you get from your mother. And when you go out into the world, you act the way you were taught. And I was lucky to grow up in a time where a lot of my peers didn't grow up with a father. I grew up with my father, like solely with my father. So I'm in a very different, I think, situation than a lot of men my age. But, you know, that that's to me, that's the reason we're in that. That's a long-winded way of saying why we're in that situation, because slavery and <laughs> because a lot of boys didn't grow up with men with that male guidance and that male energy around. So the only energy they know is the feminine. And the girls grew up watching their mothers. So they're going to take on those characteristics or feel this is what I have to do to survive. So even if a man, you know, comes with that masculine energy, she's a lot of times, not always, but sometimes not receptive to it. So that's how uh, it's affected our community to this point. Very good. That was deep. So we're going to be giving it from the female standpoint, right? So we heard what Daryl and Davian said and what they feel the impact is and the reasoning behind it. But when you're looking at it through the lens of the female and the situation, I have my two cents and I'm ready to roll, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> what do you feel is the historical, like, precursor to why we're seeing this and what the end, what the long-term impact could be on our communities. Do you find it to be hurtful? Do you find it to be something that can be worked around? Well, just to piggyback on what both of the gentlemen said already, I do believe as far as a woman's standpoint with stepping into the role of masculinity, many times women are put in a situation to do this. I think by nature, when a man is not able to provide or fall short in some roles, women just automatically stand up into that role. Long-term, the impacts of it is women burn out. I mean, I can speak in my own personal situation to say sometimes being put into that role as a single mom, you burn out from time to time. I think in society today, because women are now, you know, we are working in a lot of roles that a lot of men are working as well. We may not get paid the same. I mean, that's still a battle. But I think it's a little intimidated, intimidating as far as for the males when um, women are, it's almost like you're putting on your shoes and your pants just like me. And the sad part about it is I think many times women, I can just speak for me. I would love to sit back and, like, and allow a man to walk in his masculine role and do the, I would say, the things that men usually do when it comes down to the um, home set. But in the real world, unfortunately, it's just not what it is. And it's a trend I see a lot of times where you have kids that's, that are brought up in Black families where the father's not present. 
And then due to life circumstances, then they have kids one day and they are probably in a situation where they have the woman have to stand in the masculine role and raise her children without having a father in, you know, that role. It it almost becomes a generational curse. And that can come about because of several reasons. It's not to pinpoint to say, okay, men are just not stepping into their role. It can be several things that cause that. So I think it's definitely becoming a trend and it's a generational curse. And it's something that I'm hoping, especially for the Black community, that we can put a stop to where men can walk more in the masculine role or do whatever's necessary to get to walk in their position and women can tone it down some. And my whole philosophy, I always bring this from the Bible where women are ribs. We are the rib of a man. And when women operate as the backbone, which men are the backbone, that's how we break. That's how we get burnt out. And so it's always been my philosophy of just hoping and wanting to just stay in the role of just being that feminine woman and hoping that women, especially in the Black community and other communities too, can walk in that role. Not saying that it weakens us, but walk in the role that we are ordained to walk in. Very good, Keisha. Because I'm about to come in like a wrecking ball. It's about to go down. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) be 200% transparent. Like, I was that chick. And if you would have met me eight years ago, I was that female who was like, I don't need a man to do nothing. Like, I I was like, and I honestly believed it. I believed it. I don't need a man to put food on my table. I don't need a man to pay my bills, buy me a car pay my car note. I literally only need you for one thing. Right. And sometimes I don't need you for that because there's toys and tools for that. Right. So it was, and it wasn't an arrogance. It wasn't an arrogance. It wasn't a, anything you can do, I can do better, which that kind of was my song. And, and, and it was more of, and then I came, I grew up in the military, a military family, grew up, both my parents were in the military. So I was born into it. I enlisted. I did it for a good chunk of my life. I was in a very male-dominated environment. And you literally had to do what they did, right? And only, I mean, your PT test, and I'm pretty sure anybody who's making jokes about the Air Force, whatever, we might have got a little break when it came to PT tests, which I know Davian feels that shouldn't be, but whatever. But intellectually and everything else, we still had to do everything they did. So... Having that background and then seeing my mother do everything, do all the things, because I did have an absent father, I felt that's what I was supposed to do. And not being able to do it was a sign of weakness. And what I started to develop was this complex or idea that being a female was weak, right? I I didn't look at it as, "Mm, I want to have feelings and be vulnerable and, oh, come save me and bleep it. Like that was nauseating to me. And the turnaround happened when I bumped into somebody who was very masculine to the point where there was no competition, obviously, because he's a man, but there was a lot of learning in that. A lot of learning that, Hey, I'm not a man which I'm very happy about, by the way. 
but I don't have to do all the things. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? And uh, there was uh, a learning that had to come through and the learning wasn't an easy learning. So I don't want people to be listening and thinking that oh, one day she woke up and said, oh, I don't want to be all masculine anymore. It, it was rough. There were arguments. There were, it was rough. I don't know how else to say it, but it was rough. But then it got to the point where I felt this person was strong enough to handle me. And I shouldn't use the word handle. But I can't be a lot to handle. I'm not going to lie. So there were a lot of testing that was done to see if he was that person who could do that. And then when I realized that he was, I started to naturally submit, right? It was a natural thing because it felt good to do it. So with what Keisha just said, I want somebody to do all those things. Like that wasn't my story in the beginning, because it felt like I did have to do everything because that's what I saw. And that's what I always tell people. Like, it's not because I want to do it. Like, I don't want to change my tire. Can I? Yeah. But I don't want to. Like, I don't want to be the one making all the decisions in my household, but I don't have a choice. So that, my question Absolutely. back to you two gentlemen is, what is the difference between a female who is masculine because that's their choice and a female who has a masculine energy because they have no other choice. I'm going to let Davian take that one first and give Daryl a break. So what's the difference between a female who's masculine by choice and wants to stay in that and one who is masculine because they have no other choice? They're strong because they, there's no other option. Um, I don't know how to answer that. It, it's... It'll depend on the man she's with. And I do think one thing that we have to keep in mind is for our community sake, we have to adjust and do what's best for our relationships. Like if you're a guy that can handle a masculine woman, then hey, be with that masculine woman. But if you're not, then seek a, a more feminine, a woman with a more feminine energy. But uh, I think depending on the patience of that man, the adaptability of that man, if she's doing it because it's the only choice she has, she doesn't have a choice, then like you explained with your situation, when she comes across the right man, she's going to slip into her role that she feels more comfortable being in. However, if she's, and there are a lot of women who they're not just masculine, they're disagreeable, they're uncooperative. And there are a lot of dudes that they're not just feminine, they're lazy and unproductive and don't have a doer's mindset. But, you know, those women, when they run across that good man like that, they're going to run him off or attempt to beat him into submission. So, you know, that, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my opinion on the difference between the two. One is going to accept a man being a man and the other is going to run a man off and look for a more beta male and then be upset when she ends up stuck with a beta males kids but that's neither wow yeah. wow yeah i mean bombs okay but i want to i want to uh i want to put that in the parking lot and circle back around to that i'm gonna <laughs> let daryl <laughs> i'm gonna let daryl take a stab at that question like what is the difference between a female who is in that masculine energy because she wants to be versus somebody who has no choice so I think that's an excellent question. But before I ask that question, I want to circle back to a couple of things that was mentioned earlier. I heard you say you're going to shoot from the hip. 
right? When you came Let's go. School, you said you're going to shoot from the hip. I'm going to shoot from the hip and say some things that has already really been put in the atmosphere. It's just a lot of us are missing what's going on right now. First and foremost, I want to say this. A lot of what is uh, being experienced in the black community, again, is first and foremost by design. But I want us to really understand that what is occurring right now is the ending of a civilization. Mm. I want to be very specific. We are looking at the decline of a civilization. And the more you see the upheaval of these different entities that are occupying individuals, the more you hear these different ideologies that are occupying the minds of individuals, it's only occurring because you're watching the decline of a civilization. Once as the civilization declines, so does the people. So does the people. You're watching the, the, if I'm saying the word right, the devolution or the devolving of the human being that you're watching right now is not even having a human experience. They're not even having a human experience. Everything that you see that is occurring between male and females, men and men, different races, different ethnicities, different kings and kings is occurring because there's a great upheaval that is happening right now. And to deal with anything on a very surface level is really, is, is really moot, in, in my opinion. It's moot. We need to go deeper and, and dig at the root has, of, of what is causing these different things and what has caused these different things. See, we talk about these conversations. We have these conversations as though these conversations doesn't have anything that caused the situations that's going on in our community right now. We talked about cause and effect, correct? We mentioned cause and effect. There's, a, there's something that caused what you are looking at in the black community. And for some reason, we feel like we don't want to deal with that portion of it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. My man said something, mentioned something about slavery. Okay. It's interesting because most of us, when you bring up slavery, some of us say, oh, well, that's just an excuse. We've been out of slavery. We, don't, we, we shouldn't have to deal with that no more. Unfortunately, we're dealing with the baggage of it. Right, right. We we're had a whole with, podcast exactly. about it. We're dealing with the baggage of that. And I don't give a damn how many degrees you got. I don't care what kind of nice car you drive. You are still the product of a slave master and what you're called Negro. When you look at our culture, we're not exemplifying black culture. We're, we're exemplifying Negro culture because that's what we were made. We were made into a Negro. Why the hell do you think every Black History Month we're celebrating Negro culture? We're celebrating Negroes. And don't get me wrong. The accomplishments of what we did during, during those very trying times is triumphant. They should be celebrated 100%. But at the same time, you're looking at what Negroes did during very trying times. You're not looking at what black men and black women accomplished. And we're still in that bubble. We're still in the bubble of white supremacy and white male dominance. We're still in that bubble. So again, when you look at what's happening with the imbalance in black female male relationships, it is a direct result of the teachings that we have been indoctrinated with from three, four hundred years ago. It's the same soup warmed over. We just feel like we have a certain degree of freedom to be able to move about because nobody is putting a lash and a whip on our back. That's what this thing but is. But you know, my question is always, what do we do about it? And I know that's going to put us in a whole same, nother, same, a whole nother space. Exactly the same thing that a lot of us are already doing about it. First of all, you got to get you got to get the right kind of information. What is the right kind of information? Again, 
What is the root? In other words, let's put it this way. You don't put a you don't put a bandage on a twelve inch knife wound, right? Right. Okay. What do you do? You have to go to surgery. You have to get the right equipment. You have to get the right kind of doctor and let that doctor begin to do the necessary thing to heal that wound, right? And to sew it up right. Unfortunately, a lot of us are going around getting band-aids to cover up our deep-seated wounds. Right? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned therapy. We we need to do that. Right? We need to do that. Therapy. You need to get the right kind of information. There's so much information out, out there about what has happened to our people at, at the effects of slavery, right? There's so many things that has happened to black women at the effects of slavery. We mentioned the Willie Lynch letter on one, on one of your right. episodes, correct? Right. In the Willie Lynch letter, he was very specific. He said he wanted to practice what's called long-range or long-term economics, and the long range of long term economics was with the female, not the male. So what happened was that he killed off the male and put the female in a frozen state. In other words, independent. He was the only one that can negotiate with the woman because he eradicated the male. He had to eradicate the black male because that was his real competition. The only person that could really supplant him in his dominance was the black male. So the fear was to eradicate. The fear was really the black male. But we're going to take the black male and we're going we're gonna, to we're use her because we can make her malleable. She's, she, we can make her malleable. We can make her and shape her to our form. And that's exactly what happened. So let me say this before I continue. I am not dumping on black women. That's not what I'm doing. Anybody listen to the episodes? Please understand I'm not placing the blame on black women. Y'all already know how to contact them. Exactly. I'm not placing the blame at the foot of black women. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying we both have been used and were used in this game. And we're still being used and abused in this game. Though you have a PhD, though you make six figures a, a, a year, you're still being used in this game because why? White supremacy, white male dominance has not been uprooted from the base. Interject. I, I, I totally agree with you. And as far as getting to the root of it, I guess my question is in the now men these days in time, there's more opportunity. We're still not equal as far as I know they said that we are, we're not. There's still, it's an ongoing battle to, and a struggle, unfortunately, to get to equality among all men, female and men in this world, okay? Especially for the Black community to get there. But in the now, with all of the opportunities that is available now, especially for Black men, I'm still not understanding why are they not, some of them, not all, some are still not walking or, or not in the masculine role. It's like, yes, I know we can look at what happened that's unfortunate to our ancestors, but in the now, it's like, okay, so what is the excuse now? Like, no, I totally understand. I totally understand that question. That is a very legitimate question. Here's the thing, though. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my experience, which is what I did before on one of the episodes. At the age of sixteen, fortunately, somebody came and dropped information in my foot. Now, was I 
open enough at that time to take all that information. No, because I was young. I was young. I was running the streets with, with, with the rest of them. I was doing all kind of hard-headed things that normal you know, young men do. I was hard-headed, right? But, I, but the seeds were there. The seeds were there. Was it time for the seeds to germinate? No. But the seeds were planted, which is number one. Again, I'm talking about me. And this does happen among a lot of us. So the seeds were there, but it had to take time for the seeds to germinate. Once the seeds began to germinate, and then I became hungry for the knowledge, right? I became hungry to start to study and, and, and understand what was going on, going on in my surroundings. And the other thing, too, you got to think about this. Some of us want so desperately to fully integrate into a society that is against our own nature, that is ridiculous. And that actually is more damaging than anything else when you sit back and you think about it. We fully want to integrate into a society that really doesn't have a damn thing to do with us. And unfortunately, there's a lot of us that do have degrees, skills, all of this kind of stuff. So my only thing would be this as far as us as black men, just since you pointed us out specifically as black men. My only thing for us as black men is this. If you can't bust into the door, then you need to get with a group of your own brothers who are willing to make sacrifices to begin to build industry for themselves. And guess what? That's being done, too. It's just does. It's not being publicized like the like the negative crap that's being publicized. See, the narrative is to play in our minds that black men are so damn derelict and shirk duty on a grand scale, which, again, is something that I mentioned before. The very first propagandist film that, that was ever put out in black and white was Birth of a Nation. And that film, that media, showed black men in a very bestially type manner, very bestially type manner. We were running after white women. We were lazy. We were incompetent. We couldn't do anything right. What is, what is the media show right now? We're lazy. We're drunkards. We're incompetent. We don't do anything right. We're well, what about the people who are supporting this image? Like there are people out here that, that they were actually doing it. Like, but, but, so but, my but, question so, is, okay, all right, how all right. do you get around that? All right. You are correct. There are people that are out here supporting that message. That is absolutely correct. There are people out here that are buying records from rappers that they know they shouldn't be buying. There, there, there are people out here supporting industry, supporting businesses that they know they should, just shouldn't be supporting. Right? So what's the fix? What's the fix? Two things. What's the fix? Two things. Black folk that want to come together. The black folks that don't want to come together, excuse my French, you just going to have to get your ass whooped. Oh, my gosh. No. Listen to what I'm saying. When I say get your ass whooped, and I mean that, you're going to have to let the winds blow on those black people. You're going to have to let the winds blow. And the winds are what you're seeing right now. Do you honestly see that type that happening? Like, let's be honest. Exactly. We are not a group of people that come together. Oh, we, like, we're not. Happen. Like, It's, it's going to happen. Absolutely. I, I disagree with I 100% believe it's going to happen. Okay, you disagree, Davian. Why? Um... I don't know where everybody folks is from, but my folks are from Alabama. And uh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Roll tide anyway. But <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But 
our people used to get together on Sundays at church. Everybody go to grandma's house. Most families did that, but it doesn't happen anymore. So I don't believe is that our people aren't people that don't come together. Um, Back in the day. Now, I mean, okay, come together to eat is one thing. Come together to enhance and to make a movement is a whole nother. Like we've done that in the past. Come for the cookout. Every time we've done that in the past, it has been shot down, literally and figuratively. So we just keep stopping. No, we keep trying. Like Daryl said, it's happening now. There are people making moves. Most. Young, and when I say young, I mean 40 and under, not sports and not athletes and entertainers, but, you know, most 40 and under wealthy entrepreneurs, they're doing things. I mean, you can look at the Slutty Vegan Burger Shop well, owner. That's a persona. Well, that black females have had to. You do have to ask her that. But again, I do not knock someone who takes advantage where they have to take advantage. If you know that if you named it the praying vegan burger is not going to do well. That's a whole nother discussion though, right? That's a whole nother discussion. Like the avatars that we sit in. Okay. It's going to sell because I'm using this terminology. So now I'm assimilating to the environment, right? Isn't that what we've been talking about? Assimilation is not our friend. Isn't that what we've been saying? Hello? So again, that's a question you got to ask the owner. I got no clue why somebody would actually do that and then serve what they call vegan uh, food, which is supposed to be a healthy um, alternative to the food that is being served. So I don't know how to, I, I can't address that. There's nothing I can do to, to, to address that. Is there an example of a simulation? Like, like Davian said, okay, this is going to sell more if I say this, even though, and you know, but this is not about sexuality. Like maybe she's, Whoa, maybe I won't say that. I mean, people are cool with being slutty. That's fine. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. You have to ask the owner. I'm serious. You really got to ask the owner. I don't know. I don't even want to say that. I mean, I mean it's cool. Like, hey, I support them. But my question, let's roll the back. Let's roll the back. The feminine male. Going going back to, because what we're branching off is a whole nother topic for a whole nother discussion. Oh, it's right in line. That's right in line. Okay, so tell me how to change the narrative. Because right now we are seeing a cycle of repeating roles where, like Davian said earlier, I grew up in a single parent household. I saw my mom do all the things. So I feel like I need to do all the things. A, a male child growing up in that same household might say, well, my mom did all the things, so I need to find me a female like my mom who did all the things. Can, can, can I him in that can I feminine interject? role. Can I, can I interject? Absolutely. Our biggest problem is that we talk, we're not practical applicators. That's the biggest thing. Cooperative economics is something that we can practice, but for some reason, black folks rather talk against cooperative economics instead of practicing. Mm. It's, really, it's really simple. You practice it. You get up every morning. Like, Okay, let's, let me give you an example. Okay. Let's just say I want to make just about every black woman feel good, right? When I see them, right? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make. Oh, I'm gonna, I didn't know where we were going, Daryl. No, 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 no. Hold on, wait, just hold on, just hold on, just hold on. Just say I'm gonna put it in my mind. Like we put out, we put out things in our mind just about every day. Anyway, I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna get my degree. I'm gonna go to this place. I'm gonna go on a vacation. Why does it seem so hard for us to get up in the morning and say I'm gonna talk to ten black people? 
and I'm going to tell them how wonderful they are. I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to talk to 10 black women, I'm going to tell them how beautiful their hair is. It's practical application. It's really all it is, but for some reason, we'd rather get on social media and berate the hell out of each other and then talk about these different things, right, that's actually occurring in our spaces instead of saying, okay, it's very simple. I get up in the morning and I just say, hello, I'm going to be that nice individual. That's it. I'm going to open the door, regardless if that person doesn't thank you or not. I'm just going to open the door for them. Fine. That's cool. Because that really benefits me. It doesn't say much about them. That benefits me because I'm going to be the person that is going to make sure that I do something for black people. And I start with me. Practical application. That's it. That's the bottom line. And our issue is that we're too tribalistic. Well, I don't want to deal with them over there because they, I don't want to go over here either because they got X, Y. Stop it. You black at the, at the end of the day. White supremacy and white male dominance doesn't have a thing to do with a selected group of, of, of Negroes. Are we going to But how does that tie into the man who's not stepping into his masculinity and application. the female? Again, so, okay, all right, practical application. And then at the same time, this is where myself come in, which I've done. I've been in at-risk youth groups with young black men and sat down and talked to them. I've done that. So Journal Truth, Home Tale Limited in Kansas City, Missouri, Lillian Bate, who started that program, I sat in and talked to young black men. Right? I've done that. So it takes the older generation to not shun the younger generation for what they're doing because just rem- because remember, we did some silly shit too. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the problem is that we had more of a sense of, of a community back then, and we can stave off the tribalism, right? And you could, there was a social norm that we have. We had a social norm back then. If I did something in my community, guess what? And my neighbor saw it, my neighbor would chastise me verbally. When she saw my, when she saw my mother or somebody else in the household, she would tell them. I would get chastised verbally again and then physically, right? So everybody's eye was on the the village. Everybody's eye was on the village. We are too goddamn hyper individualistic and we too, we covet the mindset of mind your business. Okay, question. You ready? This is for both of y'all, both men. So like here, I'm just, I'm here to piss people off. That's what I'm gonna do today. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I hear what both of y'all are saying. The community is not where it needs to be. We're not where we used to be. I get that. I'm looking at right now today, in my opinion, a solution needs to be focused where, okay, yeah, we can start with the opening the door, telling 10 black females she's beautiful. And, and what my, I'm, my- I'm, I'm sorry to interject again, but what I'm telling you is the solutions is already here. My problem is... Thank you. The the practical application of it seems to be an issue, a roadblock for us. But the issue, but it's already here. Let me give you some examples. Right now, there are food. Right now, there are food co-ops in Georgia, which are where I reside right now, where black people are farming together. They put money into this group economic form and they are farming. They are building whole communities. 
talk to me about the dude sitting at in the house in the apartment playing video games while the female is working her ass off to take care of these damn kids because he's saying the man is keeping him down. He can't find a job, blah, blah, blah. But, oh, she too masculine. Tell me about that. Like, I hear yeah, what I'm, you're I'm, saying, yeah, I'm, I'm and I get it. that, but I'm, I want to focus on that. I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you about it. Two things. Two, two bad choices was made. She got knocked up by somebody who's choices. sorry? What, what were they? You mean to tell me? We had this discussion before. Somebody is sleeping with Johnny Criminal with a third grade education, right? Somebody's sleeping with him. And the question would be, why? Maybe because his junk is amazing. I don't know. But the problem is, we got a problem. Because that is what's causing this repeat behavior. Like, we need to really unpackage that like i hear what you all are saying but we only have an hour episode what can be done to to talk about these situations where okay don't sleep with johnny with a third grade education we can tell people that but when people love somebody they don't care what education you have they to got suffer the consequences of that particular choice mm. that's the bottom line that's the that's something else we got to start considering choices have Consequence, choices have consequences. And as again, we're going back to causality, cause and effect. So again, if you chose that particular individual to be with, right? If you chose them. Now, again, we're not talking about potential. We're not talking about them because, because gone are the days of potential now. Gone are the days of potential on both sides, male and female. Gone, that's it. Right now, we're at, a, we're at an impasse where people are having these conversations relationally right talking about relationships gone other days of potential now so yes when you go out and you choose a man now he should be at least working he should have some form he should have some kind of income coming in what if he was working and lost the job what's working in who what if he was working and lost the job and then saw that well hell she makes more money than me hell she has the more um earning potential than me you know what i'm saying like it's a mindset Okay, give, like give, I would give never me, give me a, give me a, give me a percentile of, of men that just decide. Well, man, me and Keisha know ton of them. What I need to do yeah, a part two do to this because I I know that I have said it to like, my face. Dudes who have said that to my face, oh, yeah. like what? I I've heard it too. It's like okay, so. Well, you seem like you got yourself together. It's nothing else you need. I mean, what else can I do? I can't add on to And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I've never presented as if I have everything and all this stuff. But it's like men at times get intimidated by that. It's like, especially for the women who are not trying to stand in the masculine role, but, but pretty much is forced to do that. Then you have an unfortunate, the black man that comes back like, oh my gosh, now you're intimidated by the fact that a black woman or a woman, regardless of the race, was forced to step into this role. So now we're forced to step in this role. We're doing the best we can in this role. And now you come along and you're intimidated about what you see that we have accomplished. Really? I'm sorry. When it comes down to that, I can't, I, I do understand. We all was affected by slavery. All of us was. But in the now, you can do so much better. Yes, we can have support groups. Yes, we can do all of this other stuff. But 
there is no excuse in the now not to be, and I hate to say better men or to walk in your role of masculinity. And this has nothing to do when it comes down to your sexual preference. This is pretty much when it comes down into your role as in taking care of the family, taking care of your children, providing, being good husbands, being decent men when it comes down to even trying to socialize with the opposite sex. That's what I'm looking at. And Davian, versus like, I just, to I, I get it. Because you've been kind of quiet. I'm curious to see what you're saying. I'm just soaking all the information in. A lot of great information. So we really believe that most men aren't good men or aren't oh, trying no, to be. No. I, I, I never said that. All I'm saying is there are a good amount of people. Like I work in the field where I see it every day, every day. And it's like, well, if you ain't going to do it, then I'm going to find another chick who's going to do it for me. There are dudes out there who do it. And my so my question to you is, how is it that pe- females are being judged for being too masculine but the dudes and i know it's a choice daryl i know you don't choose them dudes but sometimes it's not as it's not as simple as it sounds just like these dudes shouldn't be choosing some of these chicks they they knocking up but they're doing it anyway because right. you got a nice round booty Agreed. you know what i'm saying Agreed. so <laughs> 40 dollar huh? 40 dollars okay. and now you got a whole damn baby yeah, so i'm just saying oh well <laughs> You complain about child support from them forty dollars. Give her thirty four, get some condoms. But but I I think Daryl said it. Like it it comes for for the situation that you're explaining for what you're explaining. I hate to say this, but it comes down to women making better choices. Like and and that's why can't it be men being better men? Hold on. Okay. All right. I said for what you're explaining. All right. All right. But what you're explaining, the solution is for women to make better choices. I don't think that 75% of the men are the type of men you're explaining. I think it's probably more, we'll say 30. I could be wrong. I think it's more like 30%. Would you disagree with that? Okay, 35, even if it's 40. Don't settle. Women, you don't have to settle. Don't be impatient, especially with love. Like, so we're supposed to wait till we're 70 or 80 years old. Yeah, and let's speak up on what men need to do. Well, we're talking about the situation that she explained. The situation she explained, nine times out of ten, when you get with that guy, he already has two or three kids he's not taking care of. Not necessarily. I mean, you're probably right, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't turn into a deadbeat dad at 35. I'm pretty sure in his 20s he had some kids. That, that that's it, that, that's my opinion. I could be so, wrong, so, but so so the only thing, and 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 I'm not going to dis, be dismissive of any of that. This this does happen. This does absolutely happen. Absolutely. Uh, yes, no, there are situations and experiences like that that is out there. My thing is again, and and I'm gonna address the question that you raised just a little bit ago, but my thing is this. Why does the 35% get so much attention when you have the other percentile who are trying their damnedest and are and then some are accomplishing exactly what you guys are wanting us to do? Oh, they don't right. get the, that attention. They don't get that attention. 
there are so many accomplished black men that go under that go under the radar because of what Jimmy Criminal has done. A third grade education. A third grade education. He's caused more damage, right? But for some reason, that gets echoed across the internet. But what about Reginald Cumming, who just graduated with his PhD degree? How come that doesn't get talked about in various circles? How come that doesn't? How come it doesn't get talked about when he has a wife that he um, had in college, right? And they got met, they got married, and they're in this immaculate house, and both of them are, are are doing great things. It seems that we focus more on the more painful things. Because that's what sells. By us, even by osmosis, we some of these experiences we don't even have personally. Mm. We don't even have these experiences personally, but for some reason, it, by extension, for some reason, we want to talk about what somebody else's experiences is, and then try to superimpose that on ourselves. Or maybe we talk about it so we can fix it. But right. and I do talk about I do talk about when I'm around a man who's doing what he needs to do. Like the example that I've given on almost every podcast when it, this comes up, I do know men who are very strong in their masculinity, who freaking are protectors, who are supporters, who focus on keeping their women safe and everything else. And I speak about that absolutely but my whole thing too is we can't turn our back to the people who are struggling in a situation and not put attention on that it depends on the intention and the motivation behind the focus if the motivation behind the focus for entertainment and to get clicks that's one thing if the motivation behind the focus is to fix it i'm all for it absolutely wonderful because i think these conversations need to be had uh, and, and we need to bend the corner just a little bit. I know it's a little bit difficult because there's somewhat of a disdain, especially in the atmosphere nowadays for men in general. But these kind of conversations need to be had about those successful men that are doing those great things. It needs to be had. It needs to be balanced. Since we're talking about imbalance, there needs to be a imbalance in those conversations. And I'm talking about at length. The same way we talk about Ray and Pookie and Johnny Jimmy with the criminal with the third grade education, we need to start having extensive conversations about those successful black men that are family orientated so we can balance this thing out, right? But again, so my thing is this. At the end of the day, for me, it's a teaching. We've all been, mm-hmm. we've all been miseducated, 100%. We've all been mis- miseducated. If anybody think that they have not been miseducated in an environment like this, I'll call you a zip fool. I'm sorry. Period. Because we've all been miseducated in this Eurocentric white culture. Period. And they have even been miseducated and they've been lied to themselves. So it's a teaching that we have to begin to unlearn. First of all, we have to, to, to me, in my opinion, and it's not going to happen across the board, but you got to get rid of pimping whole culture, which is what you address. Oh, well, she got her thing together. Well, let me go ahead and try to pimp her out. Let me go ahead and try to ride on top of that. Let me go ahead and do X, Y, and Z. Let me say this and be very clear. I believe every woman has a man in her life that is a upstanding guy that she can go and have conversations with, Right. So if you can go and have those conversations with that upstanding guy, my antidote to not getting involved with a man that could potentially jack you up 
is to bring your suitor in front of that man and let that man examine who you are intending on dating. It used to, it, we, this, this is something that we used to do back in the day. The girl couldn't just go date. She had, to, the man had to present himself to the father, to the brother, to the uncle. But what if the father's not there? I'm, I'm saying, I, what, I just, if, what if you have I, a situation said, where these people aren't I just there? said again that there's a man somewhere in your life that is a, a dependable man, an upstanding man, that you can bring that guy in front of to let that man examine that man before you say, before you go in and say, well, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and do X, Y, and Z because in, my, because in my opinion, a lot of time, the relationships get to a point where they're at is because a lot of times, not all, but some women absolutely believe they know what they're doing. They absolutely believe that they know what they're doing. And they don't see the tell they don't see the telltale signs or what you call the red flags. But if you it's the same thing with you. If your son was to date a woman and he and that woman came around, you'll be able to you'll be able to pick up on the cues to say whether or not if this woman's a good woman or a bad woman, correct? So the same thing. Well, yeah, same and then I'm with, slightly crazy too, so the they man. would know better. But the same thing with the, the man can tell whether or not if the man is a good man or a decent man. And far too often dating happens and takes place where she's off on an island with this guy and nobody except some of her closest friends knows about this guy and the guy is never put in the court of public opinion in front of another man Hmm. that needs to happen i hear what you're saying that was not my experience when i was in college i got my ass beat on a daily and this dude met men in my family that didn't stop him from beating my ass on a daily so I, I really think it's an individualistic type of thing. You got to have the quality people around to vet the person. And yeah, you can have men around, but if their intention or if their motivation or if they just not about whatever, it's not going to be effective. What you're saying in a perfect world is beautiful. I would love to be like, hey, meet so-and-so. What do you think? Is he cool? Is he good? And they say, no, get rid of him. Or yeah, he'll work. But that's not everybody's experience. And I'm one of them. You know what I'm saying? So there has to be, I think there has to be some individual accountability where people oh, know absolutely. that somebody says, okay, you're garbage. You are a garbage person. Let's freaking work on that. I'm, I'm not, I'm there's beaters out here not, who could care less about I'm that. not being dismissive of people being garbage. I'm not, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way in hell I'm going to say somebody's not garbage. I'm not going to say that. There are some miserable and, and deplorable people in this world. Absolutely. And I hear what you're saying, and it makes sense. And I guess as we get close to uh, our hour to wrap it up, there's so much more stuff to this conversation that I would love to keep going on. So if you are talking, this is to the gentleman, and then I'm going to give it to Keisha and myself. So for the gentleman, (laughs) if you are talking to a couple that you know, and you're seeing this, you're seeing this dynamic, where the female is very masculine, this, that, and this is a couple that you in love, okay? This is not a stranger. And this dude is very feminine and not standing in his masculinity. They're having a lot of conflict, this, that, and the other. Like, before we get to that, Daryl and Davian, have you ever seen a couple where the man is in his masculine and the female's in her feminine and what that looks like and then the flip of that? Like, what does that look like? I'm going to throw it to you first, Davian, and then Daryl, I want you to answer. What 
has your experience been with people who are in a balanced relationship versus people who are in an imbalanced one? Not to be too candid, but I was in a relationship like that once. Surprisingly, I was young and hadn't grown into the man I would be one day. And I was in that situation and it wasn't a good look. It, a lot of issues, depression, things of that nature led to that and kept it like that. But, you know, what I would do now, if I saw someone, I would talk to that man and say, Hey man, like, like, this is what you need to do. Do you need help? How can I help you? Not, this is what you need to do, but how can I help you get to X, Y, and Z point? Do you need someone to talk to? Do you need therapy, things of that nature? Do you need help getting a job? Do you need help learning a skill? Do you need, do you need me to work on your resume for you? And those are things that I didn't have when I was in that situation. So I just had to grow on my own. And fortunately or unfortunately, that relationship didn't work out. But I'm a completely different person now and would not allow myself to be in any type of relationship like that. But uh, but that's kind of how I would handle that. I would, depending on the relationship I had, I, I would address that man. If it works for their relationship, it works. But if it's a toxic situation and the woman's obviously burnt out and tired of his mess, I would definitely offer some guidance to hopefully younger that younger gentleman me personally and have you seen an example of a balanced one yes a lot of the relationships that i've seen of the marriages the long-lasting marriages that i've seen have been balanced where the man is the provider the woman is and that's not to say the woman isn't out working but even if she is out working she take care she takes care of the home she's the homekeeper but at the same time that woman doesn't she doesn't do things like and i know these are not necessarily masculine or feminine energy type things, but I don't, I don't see a lot of women in those relationships taking out trash, putting gas in their car, taking their car to get cleaned or talking to mechanics or anything like that. So I've seen those things. And and to me, those seem to last a, a long time, not always, but you know, for the long lasting ones, they are those balanced relationships that you talk about. All right. Same question, Daryl. Have you seen an imbalanced one or even hypothetically, if you did, like, how would you address that couple if it's a couple that you knew and you cared about those individuals? Yeah, absolutely. One was a close friend of mine and uh, they were, they're divorced now, but they were married for, I think about maybe six years or so. I knew the individual. I knew he had great skills, talents, things like that. But unfortunately, he did play a kind of a lesser role by not necessarily fully being a provider. He tried to do what he could do, but he wasn't a full, like a full-on provider and things like that. And you can tell it shook the relationship. And uh, there was one point where he was talking about giving up and uh, he called me and we had this kind of conversation and whatnot. And I lit into his ass and uh, told him, first of all, you're not giving up. I know don't give up. We're not going to do anything like that. And told him where he was off at. And fortunately, he was open enough to listen to what I was saying, because, again, what I say, when I say stuff, I don't just I try not to talk out the side of my neck. I'm very passionate. I I care a lot. And I'm not going to be one of those persons that pussyfoot around an issue. I'm saying whether you like me or not or whatever the case may be, that's cool. But at the end of the day, I think you'll know that my intentions were good. And that's exactly what that was in that situation. And fortunately, he heard. Uh, what I said and took that into account and began to make some significant changes. Unfortunately, I guess it wasn't enough for his wife, so they divorced. But but yeah, absolutely. And I think 
what Davion was saying is well needed. We need to have great conversations among just us men. And when we see each other falling off, we should be chest checking each other. What's what we used to do back in the day, call it chest check. I'm going to straighten you out. I think that is, that that's missing a hundred percent It's missing among a lot of us. Not being able to straighten each other out when you see your brother in error. And, uh, awesome. as far as balanced relationships, um, Yes, I've seen some of those too. I've seen some in real time and I've seen some play out at afar. But but they're out there is the point. They're definitely out there. And I just want, I'm one of those individuals where I want that narrative to also be spoken about so we can literally sit back and clean, help to clean up some of the stuff that's in our community because yes, our community is hurting. There's a lot of stuff that I believe that could be fixed. But yes, it's going to take some work. Absolutely, it's going to take some work. And for those that will listen and make the significant changes immediately, praise God. For those that the seeds has not germinated yet, we got to keep the work going, right? And let, you know, the creator, universe, karma, whatever you call it, to handle that individual or those individuals, right? But that's my thought on it. So I want to say again, that, yeah, you got a little passion out of me today, right? So, uh, likewise, <laughs> sir. So likewise. I hope, so I hope, but but, but you know, so so again, for me, I, I know what I said. A lot of stuff. A lot of people will probably pick up on it and be like, "Well, how dare you be offended and stuff like that?" And I totally understand it. But again, my intention is to say things that may be unpopular, and stand on those things, and absolutely stand on them one hundred percent. And this is, for me, this is not a battle amongst us. I don't want to see the internal battle between black men and black women because we all had very traumatic experiences. I've had some several traumatic experiences from a lot of our sisters, but I just don't sit back and talk about them, right? Very traumatic experiences. But I know, for the most part, where a lot of that stems from. So I'm not in competition with my sisters. I'm not in, I'm not the enemy with black women. I'm not none of that. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. No, so absolutely. And Daryl is not the enemy. He's just speaking about a lot of stuff that a lot of people aren't talking about that we need to talk about. And some of this stuff is deep seated in some wounded areas so it's going to be passionate right if it's not passionate then we're not hitting the areas we're not hitting the spots so whoa so keisha what about you as as we wrap up like what has been your experience with imbalanced relationships and then have you seen any balanced ones i have seen some balanced relationship relationships i've also seen some imbalanced relationships too i would say i guess from a woman's standpoint would be to efforts from a coming from a relationship that's imbalanced, learn from your mistakes in that and make sure in moving forward, you don't put yourself in a situation where you end up in an imbalanced relationship based on because of something you can't control happening and it causes it to be imbalanced, but just flat out what it is. Just learn from your mistakes and prevent yourself from doing that. But I have had the opportunity of seeing some very good balanced relationship and they were from the black community. 
So that warms my heart to see that. It also is encouraging too. So that's all I want. Yeah. Every relationship I've been in up until some years, (laughs) a few years back has been in balance. Every single one. So with all of that, like you said, you learned from it. So then when I came across an individual who where that was not going to be allowed, it was a process. So that, and, and I would tell people, especially females who were listening and saying, I'm not going to have a man tell me what to do. I'm not. Aren't you tired? When you're exhausted all the time, when you start looking at your dude and you, and you start to resent him, that's going to be your first indicator. When you start asking, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing to help me? You're tired. You're operating in a space you're not supposed to be in. And that's why you're exhausted. But is it easy? Is it easy when you're so used to being the dominant one in a relationship to finally meet somebody who allows you to lay it down? It's not. And it was a process. But after experiencing it, I will never, ever go back to what it was, to where I was. You know what I'm saying? So what, like what Keisha said, you learned from it and witnessing balanced relationships. Like that's not a strong area in my life. Like I'll be a hundred percent. I've never seen a healthy relationship. I haven't. Maybe my grandmom on my mommy side, my maternal grandparents, but he died really young. And again, my grandma had to do all the things. So when you're growing out of that soil, that's normal to you. So I say all that to say this, there needs to be some grace, some understanding and some patience when we're talking about overly masculine women and and feminine men. Again, if that's their choice and that's what they're choosing to be, so be it. But I'm talking about situations that have led people to fall into those roles. It's time to do some self-evaluation and look about, look at the relationships you're in, the ones you've had. Have they been functional? Have they been effective? Have they been healing, therapeutic? And if the answer is no, if you're constantly in toxic bonds and and trauma issues, you might want to look around to see what's really going on instead of thinking that's what it's supposed to be. Because just because you've experienced and seen something over and over again and it's normal to you, that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it right. And we have hit a lot of areas. There's one area that me and Daryl spoke about before, single moms raising sons. Right, Daryl? Remember that? Like, that's yeah. a whole other conversation. Because I have two boys. And, man, look. It's <laughs> tough. It's tough. There's no, other, uh, there's no other definition or explanation that can say how tough it is. Because I'm trying to to do all I can to make sure my boys are going to be in their masculine space, but I'm not a man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like you said, like reaching out to other men in the family, close, got men who are close to you to support and help you through that. But it's a struggle. And that's the ongoing thing I'm talking about. It's like a freaking cycle and we have to talk about it. So that might be something we talk about in another episode. If you don't hate me, Daryl. I don't know. I know where it's coming from. I I love it. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> trust me. I love I love the the fact that when we have these kind of conversations, that kind of stuff gets pulled up out of me, and Good. you know it makes it makes you think. I mean, absolutely. But I'm glad I can fire you up. I'm fired up all the time. Y'all just don't know. You 
you just don't know. I don't know. You're a Capricorn. The, I don't the, know. The burn, don't know the burn inside is always there. I'm just, it's a reserve burn, right? It's reserved. <laughs> it's, it's, it's reserved. It comes out when it needs to. But, but, but yeah. So while you got the mic, let everybody know what's going on, what new things you got going on, your projects, where to find you, all that good stuff. Well, where they can find me is All Things Black Podcast. And there's a few recent episodes on there. You can also find that across YouTube and all streaming podcast platforms, things like that. And talk about things that are similar to these topics that Michelle is talking about. And again, I yep. want to thank you once again. And trust me, Michelle, I'm not mad at none of that. I, I loved it. I love one hundred percent of it. Absolutely. You're going to ghost me? You're going to ghost me for two weeks, oh, man, aren't you? I'm good. You, you, well, you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate you. No, don't talk to no, me no more. No, no, not me. No, oh, ma'am. Okay. All right. And Davian, are you going to come back? I know every time I ask you, you say yes, and then you <laughs> disappear for like a year. No, I, I enjoyed it. I need to get some practice in. I, I, always good with you. Daryl, I appreciate it. It was good. Keisha as well. It was awesome. Hopefully, I'll be back one day. What does that even mean? Hopefully, I'll be I'm, back I, one day? I, I'm, I'm, I wanted to get because Daryl brought up that the positions in basketball, and that, that was I thought that was very... One, a keen observation, and two, if, if you yeah, follow basketball, you we game. now we now have what they call positionless basketball, and like, so so I, I a lot of similarities in, in, in what it, that was a good metaphor he used, but uh, it, it was great. I enjoyed it. Okay. So what are you saying? Because he'll be back. Basketball? Hmm. He said positionless basketball. Oh yes, yes. Well, well. Now with Le- LeBron and other players like that, it's not as clear cut who's the point guard. Who well, oh, most teams don't even have a center. I got you. I got you. I see, you know I what I mean? So yeah, but people confuse it because they think it means every player should be able to play every position, but that's not what it means. That's correct. It just means there's a little more fluidity. Like you may be six ten, but you can help handle the ball a little bit. You can shoot a little bit where back in the day, that wasn't the case. And I think with relationships, not that we have to give up our roles, but we have to be a little more fluid now because of the society that we're in. But that's all another discussion. One day it sounds like that. you're coming back. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, sounds like you're coming back. Yeah, he's coming back because we got to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about it. So you heard it. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be more of a regular. Right, Davian? Don't oh, tell me no. You're breaking up. I couldn't hear you. Go yeah, ahead. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Keisha, thank you for co-piloting this. We knew going into this, it was going to be an interesting conversation. It's it's one that it hits a lot of uh, wounded areas for me specifically. I don't know about you, Keisha, but I'm glad we were able to kind of co- talk about it and have two intelligent black men support the conversation and add their viewpoint. And we all are, we're on the same page. We, we look at the situation through a different lens, but we're all on the same page. And I think that's what's most important. It's something that has to be addressed. And I think all of us can agree to that, right? Yeah. So yeah, as we close out, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Absolutely. One, one last thing I, I was always told is really not the detergent that gets the clothes clean. It's the agitation in the in, in the washing machine itself so so so, so we move oh. forward right we, we we're doing the work it's, it's we got some clean laundry some today clean laundry then. today absolutely so uh you know i absolutely love 100 of it and so you probably never seen this passionate part of me uh michelle so yeah this is and, and let me introduce myself my name is ho so uh <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. Okay. So what? Where are we? So again, this is ending our our Houses on Fire series for this season. We'll be back next season with season four with Daryl. Absolutely. Davian, because I'm going to make him. And I know that was so masculine, wasn't it? I'm sorry, Davian. I did not mean to come across so forceful. Please forgive me. <laughs> there, did that work? Is that better? Mm, you good. Okay. So, good. All right. While we're taking our hiatus... We will do be throwing some uh, in-between episodes out there, so watch out for that. But keep connected. Instagram, The Looking Glass Podcast, Facebook, The Looking Glass Podcast, and The Looking Glass Dot Fans on our website. So we'll definitely still be interactive. And again, our in-between episodes will be dropping as we move forward to season four, which should be very interesting. But thank you all again. And thank you for supporting the series. Like I said, the House on Fire series has been the most downloaded episodes for this season so we're doing something right right so hopefully it's sparking a conversation i'm sure this one's going to spark a conversation let us know how you feel let me know if i get hate mail (laughs) if you got hate to say just send it directly to daryl like don't even come at me because i'm a pisces and i'm sensitive so just send it straight to daryl and i'll let him funnel it through back to me bring it on i don't want it i don't want it but as always you guys take care stay safe be well